0: Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is The Jeff Wagner Show.
1: Have we gotten to this point where people wake up every morning looking for something to be offended about? I live in this place called the real world, and I understand what is going to happen. Her story is, I was trying to scare him away. At the same time, she shot him point blank in the face. (laughs) Okay, that's not exactly a warning shot.
0: The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give Jeff a call at 414-799-1620. Coming up next, Squirrel. And now, broadcasting live from a Capco and WTMJ Kids to Kids Christmas Toy Drive at Heiser Automotive in West Bend. Here's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon,
1: Wisconsin. Welcome. As the voice guy says, we are live at Heiser Chevrolet Cadillac in West Bend. This is on Highway 33. We are here on behalf of ACI West Bend. That's Advanced Coatings, Inc. And we're here to benefit Capco and WTMJ Radio's Kids to Kids Christmas Toy Drive. Now, you cannot miss us. I'm actually physically located inside the dealership looking out at the parking lot, and we have a giant, and I mean a giant, Semi-heated tent that's out there. There's spaces for people to just pull up. We have all sorts of volunteers. As a matter of fact, even though we're just officially kicking off the drive right now, there's already been cars that have come through and people that have dropped off toys. We've got our street team here. The West Bend Fire Department's going to be here in a little bit. Not because we're going to start any fires, but they're going to have a fire truck for people to see. I know that they've got hot dogs. They're going to be doing s'mores. In any event, we're here. It is a big deal. I'm going to be here from noon until 3 and then Wisconsin's afternoon news is going to be here from 3 until 6. The purpose of this is its really it's our kickoff for the 2019 Capco Kids to Kids Christmas Toy Drive. Those of you who have been longtime listeners of the program kind of know what this is all about. This started over a decade ago, and the idea was we want to go out and, and we want to encourage people to donate toys that we can distribute to children who are less fortunate so they can have a happy holiday season season so they can have a merry christmas and the idea was in order to try to promote the idea of giving what we encourage people to do is hey take your kids out pick out a toy you know go out to the toy store go out wherever pick out the toy and then you know bring your child over so you can donate the toy so your child understands really the value of of giving so that's the the concept of this but as it's emerged over the years of course we have a number of people who go and just give so very generously whether they have children or not so we have a number of people like I say that are out here all you have to do is Pull up in our little drive-through thing. There's a giant white tent. You cannot miss it. And we've got all sorts of activities going on drop off the toys people will come and help take them out of your vehicle and um, we will guarantee you that as we go on through the course of the next few weeks we guarantee you at the end of this toy drive we will get your toys to where they want to be now some people say well Jeff I don't have an opportunity to go in and get toys or whatever well that, that's okay we take donations as well so you can pull up you can drop off a check I guarantee you that we're going to be able to use that to make sure that that money goes to the right place specifically that we get toys for the kids and once again we are live at the Heiser Chevrolet Cadillac it's in West Bend it's right on Washington Street Washington Avenue it's just on the west side of highway west side of uh, the town um, Highway 33 and we're here on behalf of ACI which is Advanced Coatings Inc West Bend we benefit Capco and WTMJ's radios kids to kids toy drive and if you're in the West Bend area you know that I'm, I'm look I'm not a native bender or anything like that but I think people know my story my Wife worked out here for a number of years before we got married, so I'm very familiar with the area. A lot of friends out here. I am always amazed. I've done a number of charity events in the West Bend area, doing one in about 10 days for the Boys and Girls Club. And we're always just amazed at the generosity of people out here. So stop off, say hello, drop off the toys, drop off a donation. We will be doing other remotes over the course of the next two weeks or so but this is our opportunity to be in Washington County in general and West Bend in particular. So we'll be telling you more about this as the course of the the afternoon rolls on. But this is the Friday show. We do not go gently into the good weekend. Lots of stuff to talk about and let's get started. Finally, finally, finally. I think what you you have here is finally some of the authorities in Milwaukee are starting to recognize that there is a major league problem that needs to be addressed. What is that problem? That problem is the fact that when it comes to reckless and drunken driving, we have done a terrible – terrible job of getting people off the streets and holding them accountable. What is frustrating in the extreme to me is that you have I don't know, municipal court judges in Milwaukee who rather than looking internally and saying gee, maybe we shouldn't have let that seventh time guy who got caught driving without a license maybe we, we should have done something more to them than simply say don't do it again sending them back out on the street to do it again and sometimes you know end up hitting or or killing children in a hit and run. Maybe, you know, instead of like these municipal judges not being willing to look inside and say maybe they have some responsibility, they've blamed things like, oh, gee, well, we went through a period of time in the Milwaukee public schools where we didn't have driver's ed. Oh, give me a break. I mean, seriously, like driver's ed would have – like you need a driver's ed course to say, gee, you're 24 years old, you've never had a driver's license, you've been caught driving 12 or 13 times without a license, you continue to do that, and you just drove through a red light at 85 miles an hour and hit and killed two kids in an intersection, boy, you know, driver's ed would have made a difference. You know, give me a break. And unfortunately, you have some of the people that, for example, Lena Taylor, the state senator who wants to run – wants to be the next mayor – you no, know, she's parroting that line instead of saying, okay, maybe we have a problem that you have a bunch of people out there that have the impulse control of fruit flies and do not care at all about the consequences of their behavior because they've never had to have consequences of their behavior and treat reckless driving and drunken driving like it is a big game. So in any event... The chief of police of Milwaukee comes out yesterday and he says, look, here's, here's what we're going to do. There have been 44 fatal crashes in the city this year. Eight have been in hit-and-run incidents. Despite the fact that we've been trying to publicize this, the message doesn't seem to be getting out. In the past two weeks, Milwaukee police have stopped. 539 drivers, 136 were cited for driving more than 20 miles an hour over the speed limit. More than 20 miles an hour over the speed limit. And you know that that's just a fraction that's out there. So here's what the chief says yesterday. Right, This is what we are going to start doing. We are going to start taking cars. We are going to start seizing cars. Under certain situations, we can seize cars. If there's a reckless driving situation, we can seize the car. We can classify it as evidence, and then, you know, we we can hold the vehicle until the district attorney's office decides whether there's charges or not. But we can take the car on the spot and hold it as evidence. The other thing that we can do is if you have a situation where you have people who, again, have been caught multiple times for driving without licenses, they've never paid the fines, Okay, you don't have insurance. Well, one of the things that the city could do for driving without a license, driving without a registered vehicle, no insurance, driving under the influence, one of the things they could do is they could impound the vehicle. Take the vehicle, tow the vehicle, and people won't be allowed to get their cars back until they pay the fines, pay the towing fees, etc. All right, we've been reluctant to do that. But now the police chief says enough is enough and we're changing things. Four one four seven nine is the acunate mortgage talk and text line. I think it is way past time to start doing this. And I think starting, like right now, the police department should be aggressively seizing vehicles under whatever theory they can come up with for people who are reckless drivers, for people who are driving multiple times, you know, without the licenses. Take the cars and then let the courts sort it out. 414-799-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Back to discuss in just a moment. Crew is lining up the calls. Jeff Wagner
0: on WTMJ. 414-799-1620.
1: That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Finally, somebody with common sense. Thank goodness. I agree completely. Let's hear another one of our texts. Jeff, I guarantee you will have a lawyer file for an injunction. You will be denying these criminals their property rights. Um, Well, that's okay, I'll. I think that you can end up living with that if that's the situation. 414-799-1620. Let's start with Angeline in Milwaukee. Angeline? You're on WTMJ.
2: Hi. Uh, I, what they call it, to me, it's stupid. Because that's like they take a gun from somebody. That person going to still go out there and get another gun and kill somebody. If they kill somebody with a car, they're going to eventually take the car anyway because there's evidence of the crime or the death mm-hmm. These people cannot get their freedom back. The children cannot have their freedom to grow up. And be somebody. The grown people can't have their freedom to continue living their lives. I think they need to give them time behind bars. They have to get rough with it, because it's like with a child. You tell them, well, I'm going to give you another chance. That's all they're doing. And they know what the deal is, so that's why they keep doing what they're doing. And as far as getting a lawyer, Big deal. The dead can't get a lawyer and stand up and fight their case that you took their lives. They need to be given some time because they're playing games with them, like they're in front
1: of a lion. Angelina, thanks for the call. I see. Look, and I don't disagree with you at at all about trying to hold people accountable. Of course, you end up having to hold people accountable. There's no different. There's no distinction about that. But the problem is, look, when you have somebody, let's take a situation where somebody's driven without a driver's license. The or never having a driver's license they've been caught nine or ten times which means they've done it fifty or a hundred times it's just those are the times they've been caught and we keep turning them loose and we keep sending them back out on the street to do it over and over again well the reality is we're not going to put that person in prison for five or ten years maybe we should but we're not going to do it you have to do something that is going to deter them from getting behind the wheel of a car and i think what the city is talking about impounding the cars um towing the cars not letting people drive them If nothing else, first of all, if it's the car that belongs to the person that's driving it, well, okay, then they're not going to have their car. If it's a car that somebody has lent to them, well, okay, there's still going to be a deterrent. You're going to have to come in. You're going to have to say, okay, I didn't know that Jeff didn't have a driver's license when I lent him the car. And you're still going to have a penalty. So maybe, just maybe, it makes it just a little more difficult to get behind the wheel of that car and I'm sorry, I'm just not going to be sympathetic at all to the people who drive irresponsibly let's talk to Candace in Oconomow, Candice you're on WTMJ Hi Jeff Candice, hi Candace. Hi, thanks for
3: taking my call I, Thanks for calling I want to speak up and say uh, my daughter was in a vehicle uh, with her boyfriend and he did not he actually had his driver's license revoked and if there was any way that that car could have been impounded ahead of time my my child would still be here
1: oh my gosh oh i'm
3: so, so this is a yeah. very this is a very important thing uh he should not have been mm-hmm. driving and obviously i wasn't aware that his driver's license was um, now, if something more were to have been done about that, my daughter would be here.
1: Yeah yeah and, um, so, first of all i 'm so very sorry for your loss and and you, you know i 'm very glad you called because the, these are the stories that that we hear from people all the time and it 's you know you, you read about these stories in the paper and, and you see these stories about the guy that 's been arrested and he 's just hit and run and they caught him but it 's no driver 's license stop nine or ten times it, we 've got to get these people off the street and to me, the simplest way to do that is to take the cars. Seize the cars.
3: And I've been thinking about this throughout the years um, that this happened, and there's got to be some sort of way to flag that vehicle or take the car away.
1: Right. And it, 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 again, it, it's so simple. And, and of course, what's frustrating to me, Candace, is you have all these people that make excuses, including, you know, people that are in the court system or whatever. It's like, well, okay, don't you understand the person's lost their driver's license, but they still need to get to work, or they still need to do this or that or the other thing. So let's not treat this as a big deal. Well, it is a big deal. It is a big deal, and we need to treat it like that
3: because my daughter would still be here. I mean, how how is that not a big deal, (laughs) you know? Mm.
1: How long ago did this happen, Candace?
3: Uh, this, This was seven years ago.
1: Oh, my gosh. Um, thank you for calling. Again, I'm, I'm very sorry for your loss. And I just, you know, for everybody, you know, all the all the people in the municipal court system and all the apologists for this who say, well, it, it's, it's because we don't have driver's head or this or that or the other. No, it's people who know that they are doing wrong. They don't care. They treat this as a giant game. And as a result, you have all sorts of people who, you know, end up, you know, you know, end up end up dead or end up injured. Um, it's a menace. all right here's a couple of texts, Jeff. What happens on the insurance side if the person's driving without a license has an incident? Well, Uh, I mean, I guess it it would all depend. Um, You know, you're supposed to keep in mind in Wisconsin, you're supposed to have insurance, too. But my guess is most of the people who are driving without licenses don't have insurance. Um, Insurance follows the car. So if you've borrowed somebody else's car, chances are that then you're liable. Um, Jeff, I agree with seizures, but we've had generations of children with problems, no proper parenting, no consequences for bad behavior. Until we address root causes, we will be discussing, we will always be discussing what we can do do. Look, I'm not objecting to, we can have all the conversations we want, and I'm all in favor of trying to figure out why it is that people are committing crimes and figure out if we can solve the root causes. I don't have an issue with that. But, 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 but the point here is what we have to do is, until we can address the root causes, we have to make the rest of us safe. And the way that you you know, make people safe is by, again, if you've got somebody who just refuses to follow the law, you take them off the street period. So, I mean, I have no problem at all with what the police chief is talking about. I wonder if some of the aldermen is, are really going to go behind this. I wonder what some of the municipal judges who refuse to take any responsibility for their, their role in putting drivers back out on the street over and over and over again, wonder if they're going to be willing to take responsibility. And yes, I understand that you're going to have legal challenges. Well, you, you, you've seized the person's car just because they like blew through a red light or didn't have a driver's license well you know we we, you've got to give it back because you're violating their property rights to which I would say okay let's litigate that you know let's litigate that if you've got some judge out there that wants to decide that yeah we want to endanger the safety of the public by giving people who shouldn't have cars giving them their cars back fine let's get that judge on record and then perhaps next time there's an election we will get people upset enough to vote that particular Judge out of office. This is one where the police chief is absolutely 110% correct. My only criticism is, Mr. Mayor, why did it take so long? Back with more in just a moment. Once again, we are live at Heiser Chevrolet Cadillac in West Bend. We're here on behalf of ACI West Bend. And this is our Capco WTMJ radio kids to kids toy drive. I've seen cars pulling up and dropping off toys. We'll be here all day.
3: This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ.
1: So, very glad to have you with us. All right, let's review the bidding when it comes to this whole impeachment thing that's out there. We've had hearings over the course of the last week. You've had a number of people who've testified. And if you look at the polls and you get a sense, people are dug in. People are dug in. I think most reasonable people, whether you're conservative or a liberal, would agree that, contrary to what President Trump said, that this was not the call that he had with the Ukrainian president was was not a perfect phone call. I think most of us would agree that, as a matter of policy, it, it's wrong whatever your intent is to you know suggest hey i'd like to have an investigation done of a u.s. citizen whoever that citizen is i think most of us would agree that's probably an inappropriate thing to do at the same time in this particular case there was never investigation of the Bidens that was conducted and and there was no aid that was ultimately withheld plus one of the things that's come out during the course of the last several days is the fact that you know a lot of the people that are embedded in the State Department they thought it was important for the Ukraine to continue to get all sorts of money in its efforts to you know battle Russia I happen to agree with that by the way I I do happen to agree with that I think President Trump is has been wrong on the Ukraine I think And but I think President Obama was wrong on the Ukraine I think he was slow to come to their support but those are policy matters and and that's decisions that the president gets to make and I say this acknowledging that it certainly wasn't a perfect phone call here's the bottom line of this though right the Democrats are probably going to be able to impeach President Trump. That is, bring articles of impeachment, and I think that's what they're going to be working on over this Thanksgiving break. And then you're going to have votes, and you will probably have multiple articles of impeachment brought against him. They're going to use the word bribery, even though I don't think there was any sort of bribery that went on here, because they poll-tested and focus-group-tested words, and bribery sounds worse than quid pro quo and things like that. And along What's going to happen is, over the course of the next couple weeks, along what is probably going to be close to a party line vote, you will have... The House of Representatives will return articles of impeachment against President Trump. All right, and a number of the hardcore Democrats will applaud this. The people that think that President Trump is being railroaded will be outraged by this. But that's what's going to happen. The matter will then shift to the Senate, and what's going to happen in the Senate is he, he's not going to be convicted. You need two thirds of you need two thirds of the Senate to vote for this. That's just not going to happen. It, it's it's just not. The Republicans in the Senate view this as a political witch hunt, even if they would agree to acknowledge that, okay, this was not a perfect phone call, I think they feel that it's not something that you remove somebody from office for. And candidly, I agree. I agree. So we could sit here and say we're going to just have this battle over the course of the next several months and we're going to continue to do this and that and the other thing and we're continue to not focus on the real issues that are facing this country recognizing that you know in about well you know 11 months the american voters are going to go to the polls and they're going to render the ultimate verdict on president trump right that that's just the reality you're not going to have impeachment you don't have the votes you're not going to have the votes there hasn't been some dramatic smoking gun that has turned up, and you're not going to have the results of the 2016 election upended. That's just the reality. That is the real world. Okay. At the same time, though, you know there's a lot of people who say, you know, th- this call just doesn't pass the smell test. Maybe it doesn't rise to the level of being an impeachable offense that you remove somebody from office, but, you know, we, we don't think it was right, and we think it was an abuse of power, not rising again to the level that we're going to upset the election. But, you know, we're uncomfortable with it. There is a middle ground that some people are now starting to talk about. And that middle ground is drop the impeachment proceedings and do something called censure. Censure has only been done once in American history. And that's when, uh, back in the, 19 thir- in the 1830s, President Andrew Jackson was, was censored. It doesn't require a two-thirds vote. The Senate can do it. The House can do it. All it requires is a majority vote. And what it says is that essentially you draft, you censor them. You simply say, we think that this was inappropriate and this reflects the will of Congress. And then you kind of move on. Now, wouldn't that be a better way to go about this, other than continuing to go down this impeachment route, which I think, you know, reasonable people can look at, and I think if you look at, for example, the polls in Wisconsin, you know, the majority of people say, you know, we don't think this is an impeachable offense. We don't think he should be removed from office. Impeachment isn't going to happen. Isn't something like a censor an ability for Congress to express that, you know, we don't think that this was a perfect phone call. We think there were problems the way this was handled. We think that this was an abuse of power. Boom. You know, you don't need two-thirds. All you need is a majority vote. And then you move on with the issue of governing this country. 414 is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Is that a reasonable ground? A way of recognizing that it wasn't a perfect phone call, a way of recognizing that perhaps there are issues that are out there. Perhaps President Trump did not handle this in the best way. Congress expresses its opinion, its position that this wasn't handled the best way. But then we kind of move on because we're not going to get the removal of the president. That's just flat out not going to happen. But it's a way of Congress expressing the fact that they are troubled by some of the things that went on. And I will tell you, I think that there's a lot of the American people. People who might don't want to see President Trump removed don't think this rises to the level of something that you remove a president for, but might say, you know maybe this is this middle ground that yeah it it's it's a recognition that uh." Not everything was handled right. Maybe it was arguably abuse of power, but at the end of the day, we're not removing somebody. What about the idea of censor? 414 that's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Let me take a quick break. We'll be back to discuss this in just a moment. Um, if you're on the line, please hold on. This is Jeff Wagner. And this is Jeff Wagner, and it is a party. Once again, we're out here in West Bend. We're on Highway 33. It's um, Heiser Chevrolet Cadillac. Big tent here. We're also here courtesy of our friends at uh, Advanced Coatings, Inc. Giant tent. We've got s'mores, and we've got a line of people. And to tell you it's really a party, Rudolph is here. So you come out, you drop off a check, you drop off a toy. Rudolph, himself, herself, Rudolph is going to like help you get the, the packages out of your car so it's very very cool lots of people pulling through right now kids to kids Christmas all right I, I, I've been watching I'm trying to be a sane man in an insane world and I see I understand the realities of this impeachment process do I think personally that President Trump handled everything correctly in this call with the Ukraine president I don't on the other hand do I think that people are out to get him absolutely so do I think that in the real world, this is going to result in impeachment. It, it's, well, it's not going to result in removal. You're going to have a party line vote in a few weeks. They will return articles of impeachment. It will go to the Senate. There will be a, a short, probably, quote-unquote, trial. He's not going to be convicted, and we're going to be right back. He's not going to be removed from office, and... All of this is going to do is cause the people to dig in their heels even more on both sides of the issue. My suggestion is, you know, there, there's something in between, which is a, a, a motion of censor, where you say, okay, this was inappropriate, but it doesn't rise to the level of impeachment. W- would that be a middle ground? 414-799-1620. Let's talk to Mary Beth in Milwaukee. Mary Beth, hello. Hi.
3: What How do you think? Do we, would censor... Stop him from doing this again, though. This is what we don't know. If we wait until the election, we don't know if he's going to continue to try and influence the next election, which seems to be his goal
1: but oh. but here 's the problem but, but but hear me out though mary beth if you If you agree with my premise, and I, I think most pundits would say he 's not going to be removed from office. you know you return the, you return the thing of impeachment in the House, it goes to the Senate, the Senate is going to vote overwhelmingly to reject the articles of impeachment, so he 's not going to be removed from office so is it that, if that 's the case. You know, and in, in, in you're concerned about it. I would argue that if you if you are acquitted in a trial in the Senate, that would embolden you more than perhaps a resolution of, of censor.
3: Yeah, but I just feel like a slap on the wrist isn't going to be enough to stop him from trying to do mm-hmm. this. I mean, mm-hmm. it was an imperfect call. Let's say that. Yeah,
1: I know. I'm or... not arguing with you at all. Yeah. I'm I'm not, not I'm not disagreeing. disagreeing.
3: The fact is, he will do what he needs to do to try and win. And I can't mm-hmm. trust that he won't try something illegal
4: mm-hmm. or imperfect again.
1: Great. Well, Mary Beth, th- thanks for the call. I mean, I mean, I appreciate that. And I, I, but. But the, the the premise is the, the premise of that is somebody is going to be impeached and he's going to be removed from office. That did not happen with Bill Clinton, and I don't see it happening with President Trump. I, I just don't think there's mass support among the voters to remove President. Keep in mind, impeachment is a political process, and, and we have a very very split country here. You know, you had, a, you had a Marquette University Law School poll that came out earlier this week that said the majority of Wisconsin residents don't support impeachment and removal. You know, that, that's, and, and the, the truth of the matter is, you're not going to remove a president from office unless I think you have overwhelming support to do it, and, and you're not gonna get two-thirds of the Senate. That's just kind of the reality. So, I mean, why do we go through this? I, I think, see, I just think there's a lot of people, Republican, Democrat, who would look at that phone call and would look at this and say, you know what, this was not handled right. You know, and, and and we think that maybe if we just wanted to say it wasn't handled right, that would be fine. But the impeachment and removal, not going to happen. So why do we bother spending our time doing this? 414-799-1620. Let's talk to Bruce in Madison. Bruce, you're on WTMJ.
0: Hey, good afternoon.
1: Um, Hi, Bruce. What do you think?
0: Well, I think from a common
4: sense point, this should have been handled with a censor from a beginning. But now that the House has been able to call their witnesses, drag things through the mud, uh, polit- uh,
0: politicize it, I think that the Senate needs to have opportunity to uh, bring their witnesses and to go through the whole thing. So I don't think it's fair to the uh, other party. Um, you know, they've used, in my opinion, they've used this as a political campaign have mm-hmm. to get him, so to speak, and he needs to have his day in court.
1: What if, what if the and, and this isn't going to happen? But so, I, but what if this, if the House were to say, you know what, we're not going ahead with impeachment. We're just going to issue a resolution of censorship and be done with it. Would that satisfy you?
0: It's a common sense thing to do in the beginning, yeah. but now that it's gotten this far, no, he deserves his day Got in it. court.
1: Okay, thanks for the perspective. I appreciate it. I throw this out there. I will be talking about it more, I I think, in the future. I just kind of throw this out there as an idea. I am trying to be a rational, sane, realist in a world where we're getting more and more politically entrenched. This is Jeff Wagner.
0: Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is The Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner.
1: Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome back. Actually, we are not live at the studios. We are live at Heiser Chevrolet Cadillac in West Bend. We're here on behalf of um, ACI West Bend, which is Advanced Coatings, Inc. Um, We're all here as part of the Capco and WTMJ Radio Kids to Kids Christmas Toy Drive. Giant tent. I'm actually inside the dealership. Giant tent out in the parking lot. We've got tents all over. They're making s'mores. I just had myself half a hot dog and a piece of pizza. But the purpose is people are stopping by, and I'm always amazed at the generosity of our listeners, dropping off toys. We have a number of people, including Rudolph and Frosty the Snowman, who are here, um, stop by, drop off a toy. Um, It was kind of interesting. I went out during the break, and the stage where we have the toys, it's starting to fill up. We're going to be here All day. In addition, we we do take money. We do take donations. So if you're out and about in the area, and like I say, we're on Highway 33, just on the west side of the wonderful town of West Bend, pull on by, stop by, say hello, drop off either a toy that we'll make sure gets to a disadvantaged kid, um, a less underprivileged child this uh, holiday season, or... If you just give us a check, we'll be sure to make sure that that gets to the right place. So we're going to be here until 6 o'clock. So very glad to have you with us. All right. Last Thursday... There was an incident at the end of an NFL football game It involved the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And you might remember the situation. This was one of those deals where you had the Cleveland Browns defensive lineman, Miles Garrett, who sacked the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback, Mason Rudolph. This was like with eight seconds left. And then this major league brawl ends up breaking out between Miles Garrett, who's the defensive lineman for the Browns and the Pittsburgh quarterback. Ultimately, what happens is Garrett, the big lineman, pulls. The quarterback's helmet off and starts swinging at him, hits him at least once in the head with the helmet. And and this, I think, shocked a lot of people because it's not unusual to see football fights and things of the like. But in this particular case, I don't think anybody could ever remember a situation where you had a player take an item of equipment and use it as a weapon. And I'm no doctor. But the truth of the matter is that the Pittsburgh quarterback was very, very, very lucky that he ended up getting hit With kind of the foam portion of the helmet, like instead of getting hit with the hard shell of the helmet, because if you had, when you have a guy this big that's swinging that thing at you, you know, you could certainly, you could be in the hospital, you could be in the morgue for this. Well, okay, the NFL was not amused at all by this, and what they ended up doing is they suspended Miles Garrett for the balance. He was suspended indefinitely, but that suspension was at least for the end of the season, and then he'll be eligible to apply for reinstatement. Don't know if he's going to be reinstated or not. So that was the penalty. They came down hard. They came down quickly on this. Well, Miles Garrett, the Cleveland Browns player, appealed the suspension, apparently had a hearing yesterday. And here's where it gets really interesting. Now, after this happened. Garrett, you know, went, went, you know, did news conferences, went publicly, apologized for, you know, what he did, et cetera, et cetera. According to reports, though, during the appeal process and there's a, a, you know, a hearing examiner for the NFL during the appeal process for the first time in front of you know, the, the the hearing examiner, Garrett apparently said that. The quarterback for the Steelers this Mason Rudolph, who is white. Garrett is African-American. For the first time during this appeal process, Garrett said, well, the quarterback issued a racial slur. The, the quarterback said something to me, racial slur, um, as a way, I guess, apparently to maybe justify his behavior. Now He went on to say, okay, that, that doesn't justify what I did, but he said a slur. The NFL, once they heard that, immediately investigated it. And according to you know the NFL's investigation, the NFL could find no evidence to support this. None of the other players said anything about it, no Browns players said anything about it, no Steelers players said anything about it, no referees heard this, nobody can support this. And Garrett didn't bring this up until during the hearing itself. Also, when the information about this leaked, th- this hearing, that he was now making this claim, he, um, he came out and said, well, yeah, I, I hadn't said this until now. Um, I, I'm not saying this is an excuse, um, but. And he never really explained why he didn't bring it up to this point. Now, obviously if in fact you had this player this white quarterback who uttered a, a racial slur i don't know that that would justify the assault but it might change the dynamics our number 4147991620 that is the acuent mortgage talk and text line i you know we don't know what happened NFL has investigated and they found, you know, no evidence. So they can't find evidence any supporting this. There's apparently no supporting witnesses that have come forward and said that they heard this. No Browns players, no Steelers players. Nobody said that they heard this. There's no microphones that pick this up. And the Pittsburgh quarterback, through his agent, vehemently, vehemently denies <clears throat> saying this. 414-799-1620. That's the Accunate Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right, I'm curious as to your reaction. Let me just say this. I don't, I don't believe this Cleveland Browns player for one minute. I don't believe that this happened. If there was a racial slur that was uttered, my I believe firmly that he would have been saying it, that this is the first thing that would have come out of his mouth. I'm sorry I, immediately after this. I apologize for this, but he called me blank or blank or blank. The fact that nobody heard it, the fact that Miles Garrett didn't bring it up until apparently he's trying to get out from under this suspension, <clears throat> and the fact that the NFL can find no evidence for it, I, I just I don't believe it. The timing convinces me kind of that it, it probably didn't happen. One of the parties completely denies it. And I guess I think it's unfortunate that you have a bad situation in general that's now being racialized. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. that's the Acunit mortgage talk and text line. Miles Garrett says, I'm not trying to justify my conduct, but he said this. Do you believe it? 414-799-1620. We discuss in just a moment. If you're on the line,
0: please hold on. Gru is lining up the calls. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ.
1: So, very glad to have you with us. Once again, we're on the road. We're at our first Capco event. We are at Heiser Chevrolet Cadillac, Highway 33 in West Bend. Big tent. I'm, I'm watching Rudolph flag down cars as we speak. It's kind of different to do the show on location and then have Rudolph and Frosty and all that. Stop by, drop off toys. We're here until 6 o'clock. 414-799-1620. That's the acunate mortgage talk and text line. Again, I bring this story up. It's the world of sports. But when I'm listening to this, and I hear now a player who's been suspended indefinitely for... Hitting another player with a helmet. Now, a week later, he apparently says, well, the, the player that I hit, he, he uttered a racial slur. Nobody has heard it. Candidly, I, I'm not buying it. I, I'm just not buying it. If something like that happened, and you were going to use it as a justification or an explanation, it seems to me you would have said something about that when it happened. 414-799-1620. Frank in Waukesha. Frank, you're on WTMJ. Hi, Frank. Frank? Going once, going twice? Um, We'll talk to you soon, Frank. 414-799-1620. That's the AccuNet Mortgage talk and text line. Let's see. um, uh, Andy, Garrett is backpedaling and trying to justify his actions. Any player in the NFL is an absolute idiot if he thinks that um, a white player would use a racial slur in this day and age. You know, it's interesting. I was watching ESPN. This morning, and they they were talking to a number of, uh, obviously, they've got a number of former football players, and and they were, that was the question, you know, in all the years that you were there, that you played football, I mean, did did you ever see this? Did you ever, ever subject to a racial slur, etc.? And to a person, they all said, no, this is, this, this isn't what. Happens, um, You know, nothing happens at all. We've never heard this. Jeff, I think he should be permanently banned from the NFL now for lying and trying to destroy the reputation of someone else. Um, well, I just, I, I look, who knows exactly what happened, but that's a pretty strong challenge. That's a pretty significant thing to throw around. And the fact that the NFL can find no corroborating evidence, the fact that... <clears throat> He didn't tell anybody this. The fact that nobody heard this, the fact that no officials heard this, the fact that he apparently didn't say this to any of his teammates in the immediate aftermath of that, like you know, when the teammates are undoubtedly saying, "What were you thinking? What did you do?" Oh, well, did you hear it? You know, he called me blankety blank or whatever. The fact that you only bring it up at this point in time tells me that it's something that you're trying to do in order to mitigate the consequences of your own behavior, and I think that's unfortunate as well because, as I frequently say. Racism in this world it is a real thing. It is an awful thing. It is an evil thing. It, it is. And when it happens, it needs to be condemned. It's one of the reasons why I, I just, it makes me crazy that, you know, we have. For example, you know, situations where we we don't punish young people for using like the N-word and things like that. It's just it's just it's mind boggling to me that, you know, we we have situations where we just like turn the other cheek to that. But at the same time, I think equally as bad as as the examples of that are are situations where people falsely, you know, accuse others of behaving in a racist fashion. And at least at this point in time, based on all the facts and circumstances and the complete lack of evidence evidence to support this kind of like last minute sort of allegation, I I think Miles Garrett does a tremendous disservice, number one, to the NFL, certainly number two to the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback, who was the victim in this particular situation, and and third, to the, the overall cause when you make these claims. Now, if it turns out that there's witnesses that the NFL can't find could suddenly come forward and say, okay, yeah, that this really happened. Well, I'll be more than prepared to kind of backtrack. But I don't think that's the case. I think this was just an example of somebody trying, trying desperately to, I don't know, explain, justify, reduce the consequences of their own bad behavior. All right, back with more in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner,
0: WTMJ. This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ.
1: Welcome back. Once again, we are on the road. We're live at Heiser Chevrolet Cadillac. We are in West Bend. We're here on behalf of ACI West Bend, that's Advanced Coatings, Inc., where the event is to benefit uh, the Capco and WTMJ Kids to Kids. Toy drive, giant tent out in the parking lot. We've got Rudolph. We've got Singer's hot dogs. We've got pizzas. People are stopping by, bringing in toys. That's the whole idea. We'll talk more about that as the afternoon goes on. But come on out, stop off, say hi, drop us off toys. If you don't feel like going and getting the toys, that's okay. Run by, give us a check. We will make sure that it gets to the right place. And I'm thrilled to be out in, in West Bend. My wife's old stomping grounds, mine to an extent. Everybody always says, "You guys, don't do remotes. You don't come out. Here enough? Well, we're out here in Washington County, so stop by. Let's make this a success. Interesting story. Journal Sentinel reporting. Now, the, the, the Journal Sentinel building has been an institution, you know, downtown. It goes back to 1924. The Journal Sentinel building, and it was kind of right across from the, the Bradley Center, essentially. Um, I think everybody knows that the, the Journal Sentinels has kind of just recently changed ownership. The Journal Sentinel building has been sold to a developer. And one of the big questions is, what was that developer going to do on this? Well, they are now reporting that apparently the plan is to take the, the main Journal Sentinel building and to convert it into Apartments, 103 apartments on five floors. But here's the interesting thing. I guess in order to, to make this financially viable, it sounds to me like what the developer needs to do is the developer needs to qualify for affordable housing tax credits, which is something that you bid for, and that that means that you have to provide at least 85% of the building's apartments at below market rates to people earning no higher than 60% of the local median income so in other words they're they're talking about um, using at least the main building for what we would describe as you know assisted uh, assisted housing huh? Um, which I, I think is kind of a surprise. I think a lot of people were figuring that, you know, this would be maybe luxury units or something like that. And I guess the developers decided that there's just that they can't make it economically feasible to do that. So they're going to be applying for these housing credits. Be interesting to see how that's going to play out. Okay, now we're here collecting toys, and one of the very cool things about this toy drive is at the end of it every year there's a big event on a Saturday at at Capco in. in and i always go out there and i kind of wander around and what they do is they have all the toys that are set up that people have donated and they have them in different categories i mean sometimes there's dolls that are donated you know other times there's you know athletic stuff you know basketballs and footballs and things like that and then there's always this giant room and the giant room has has board games and I admit, as I walk through this, and I, you know, you guys kind of know my age range. I sit there and I look at these various games, and I'm always amazed at how many games there are that that are from, for example, that people are playing now a board game that you know we played. When I was a kid, you know, a number of years ago, and my guess is for people that are older than me, you're going to find board games that that you played, and I understand nowadays that everybody wants the video games, and you want the fancy stuff, and you want to be able to go on the Internet and play Fortnite with a hundred friends and strangers and things like that, but you know... There, there still is an appeal to sitting down and, and playing board games and playing card games. And candidly, I, I find myself doing that. My wife is a big fan of that. She's got all. We've got all these different card games and stuff, ranging from Uno to whatever. That, that's and whenever we have friends over, inevitably we we pull those things out. My twelve-year-old nephew, whenever he comes over, he loves to play Yahtzee. You know, we, we he'd never played Yahtzee before. We dug out the Yahtzee game. Just has a blast doing it, and it's something. You know, that you can do as a family. You know, you don't need to have the video control levers and things like that. You're just out there and you can be having fun. So it's the Christmas season we are soliciting of course toys at our toys to t- toys christmas drive to
0: uh,
1: out here but i thought it might be fun on a friday afternoon as we get ready to kind of ease into the holiday season to kind of take a step back our number 414-799-1620 that's the aquinet mortgage talk and text line your favorite board game maybe you played it as a kid maybe you still play it. But that game that you particularly enjoy, maybe it's a game that you played as a kid and you enjoy playing with your kids or your grandkids. But do I want to hear about the video games. I want to talk old school, great board games, and the board game you never get tired of. 414-799-1620, that's the acunate mortgage talk and text line. I know whenever I, for example, walk through the kids-to-kids Kids Christmas thing in Grafton with Capco, I see all these different games. It brings back great memories, and I sit and say, huh, that's a really interesting game. I remember that when I was a kid. I haven't played it in years. Maybe it's time to get it myself. Okay, best board games ever, are the ones you never get tired of playing. Maybe you're still playing. 414-799-1620. That is the Accurate Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Back to discuss in just a moment. Gru is lining up the calls. If you're on the line, please hold on. Let's have some fun on a Friday
0: afternoon. This is Jeff Wagner. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. So glad to have you
1: with us. It is very, really, very cool. If you're out in the West Bend area, we're going to be here till 6 o'clock, um, Kids to Kids Christmas, stop off, giant tent out here. We've got all sorts of stuff, lots of people. Our street team is here. Um, drop off, toys, uh, it's the kickoff for our Toys to toys Kids Christmas Drive. 414-799-1620. There was a story in the Journal Sentinel about some of the, the hot toys in the Milwaukee area this year, and I'm kind of looking through them. And yeah, there's new toys that are great, but you know, you go out to Capco after the Kids. The kids' Christmas drive is winding down. You see all these, particularly board games, these card games and stuff that we used to play. They're timely. They're great. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. your favorite. Kathy in New Berlin. Kathy, you're first. Hello. Hi. Hi, Kathy.
3: Hello.
1: Yeah, go ahead. You're on the air.
3: Okay. We, we play dominoes. The kids mm-hmm. like dominoes. <laughs> the adults like dominoes.
1: Kathy, thank, thanks for the call. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because my, my wife's family, is, and I'm talking about her, her sisters and brothers-in-law, they are big time into dominoes. My brother-in-law, Franz, who's from Bonaire, which is an, an island off of Venezuela, he, he is a monster domino player, so whenever we have like the, the sisters and brothers-in-law and stuff together, inevitably the dominoes come out, and we have team games of dominoes and stuff, and actually, it, it's, it's quite a bit of fun, and it's one of those things where I never really thought about a strategy to dominoes, but clearly there is a strategy to dominoes so now i've been trying to like figure out okay how do you keep track of it my wife beats me at this game all the time because she just knows how to i mean she knows the strategy i know how to play but we love dominoes Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. randy in west bend randy you're on wtmj good afternoon
2: how you
0: doing
1: i'm well thank you okay that the, the card game the board game that you just absolutely love
0: the Royal Rummy, you don't have to know anything to play that darn game.
1: <laughs> you know, it's it's funny you should mention, you know, I had not played that in years until last New Year's Eve. We had a, just a, a small group of friends over, and the card games came out, the board games came out, and we ended up playing that silly Royal Rummy game, I, I think, for, for two hours. Because you're right, you don't have to know anything, all you have to do is just, you know, play the cards. And if you got those three cards in a row, you're all set.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it, it it's, a great is. Game. it's a great game to pass on to the kids because, like I said, the, you, there's no strategy, and it's, and it's just you're laughing at everybody else.
1: Exactly. No, thanks for the call. Matter of fact, that's one of the games that we – my 12-year-old nephew Alex, that's one of the games that when, when he comes over – that's one that, that we play. Oh, gosh, there's another board game that she plays with him that I'm forgetting. But Royal Rummy is definitely one. Yahtzee is definitely one as well. Let's talk to Greg in Cedar Grove. Greg, you're on WTMJ.
0: Good afternoon,
4: Jeff. How are you today?
1: I am well, thank you. Okay, that board game that you just kind of loved as a kid and still love as a grown-up.
4: Can't believe I'm going to say this, but for 40 years I had been playing Risk.
1: 40 years (laughs) 40 years
4: yeah oh yes sir since i was a kid i've been playing risk with my friends my uncles my family and as a matter of fact right now every two months i go to my uncle's house with a friend and we get together we play risk and we just have a good time
1: Mm -hmm. how long does it take you to play a game
4: it's about two to four hours you know some days are better than others (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, you know it's I I loved you know it's been it's been years and years since I played Risk. I loved Risk growing up. I thought it was um, I, I just you know I, I like games. I, I, I'm a chess player and I like chess and I like Stratego. But I, I really I liked Risk a lot as well. I just kind of ran out of people to play with. So I'm glad to yeah. hear that you have kept the Risk thing going.
4: And the, and the thing about Risk too is it's really actually a dice game.
1: Oh, yeah, sure. You're right. But there's still a degree of strategy to it as well. But yeah. Yeah. Great. Hey, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. 414-799-1620. Mary in Whitewater. Mary, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon.
4: Hi Jeff, I'm not going to ask you who Hi Mary. You are because you're fine.
1: <laughs> I am fine. No, I appreciate. It. I am fine. I am. I am. I'm sitting here. I've got. I'm looking at Rudolph the reindeer and all these people oh, dropping awesome. off toys. I'm in a good place.
4: <laughs> oh, good, good. Um, we have a game. I mean, my husband and my son like to play Risk or Monopoly, which I hate, so I don't partake in those games. But um, we have a game called Labyrinth. And it's not, it's not the kind that people envision when I usually say it, where they you have the little box game where you have to roll the board around to get the marbles in the holes. And it's not that labyrinth. It's an actual board. Right. That's what, Oh, because
1: oh, that's what I was thinking of when you were talking yeah, about that, when, yeah, when I saw the note. Okay. Yeah.
4: Most people do think of that. But this game has, it's got a board that you actually unfold, and it's got some preset cards on the board. Um, with like little roads on them, little paths on them, and then it comes with a bunch of cards that you randomly place on the board, and then you have to move those around. There's one extra card, so you have to use that card and push the push the uh, roads into a different direction. So it changes the game every time somebody plays. Um, so huh. The game is never the game is never the same. And you have that's you a have cool cards thing in your hand that you have to try to reach those goals on the board game and match your cards, and the first person to you know reach all their goals wins the game it's really a neat game i we still i mean well we haven't played it in a couple years because my son moved out of state but even even he's 26 and my other son is 20 but even up until the last couple years we still get together and play it because it's 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 good for all ages i mean literally like a three-year-old could play it too um, right, but it but
1: but it, it's something that the, for the family to do. No, that's great. Hey, thanks yeah, for the call, Mary. Absolutely. I mean, it's something for the family to do. Matt, who's calling us from Freedom. Matt, let's talk about board games. What's your favorite?
4: Oh, uh, my favorite would actually be Monopoly. <laughs> I know it was okay. rule out just before, but um, I like it just. And I can't say I've ever actually even finished an entire game, but I would always play with my cousins, and you know, like what people say, it, it takes forever, but. It's a lot of fun, especially because you have to
1: eliminate people as they go on. Right? Yeah, it, it's one of those things where I, I mean, I like Monopoly too, and I certainly played it as I certainly played it as a kid. Hey, thanks for the call. You know, as time has gone on, it again, I'm not sure I could say that I've never finished a game, but that is one of the things you have to have a commitment of time. Okay, let's see. Our text line here is going nuts. Let's give it some. Um, let's see. A number of people are saying. Scrabble, which is, um, you know, of course, now you, you've got electronic stuff with, like, words with friends and things like that. But Scrabble is very, very cool. Okay, here's one. Jeff, it's a toss-up between Monopoly and Yahtzee. I used to play Monopoly uh, in college, and now I'm playing it with my children and Yahtzee as well. Actually, I play Yahtzee with my uh, grandma, which is um, great. Let's see, here's another text. The, the Board Game Stock Market. There was a bookshelf game that was something like that that I used to play when I was uh, a little bit younger as well. See, this this is the cool thing because what ends up happening sometimes is we get so wrapped up in the world of like video games and things like that that I I think we we lose sight of the fact that there's like simpler games that are out there as well. They're great family things and they're a great way to. I was going to say kill time, but that's not really you know fair. It's just they're they're just fun games that are out there. Like I say for us lately it's been royal rummy it's been yahtzee and uno as well as dominoes those are the things you come over to the wagner house on a saturday night okay you you might very well end up playing those let's take a quick break back with more in just a minute 152 jeff wagner wtmj
0: live from the annex wealth management studios at historic radio city this is the jeff wagner show and now here's wtmj's jeff wagner Good afternoon. Welcome back. Actually,
1: we are live at Heiser Chevrolet Cadillac, Highway 33 in West Bend. We're here on behalf of ACI West Bend. That's Advanced Coding, Inc. Um, we're all here to benefit Capco and the WTMJ Radio Kids to Kids Christmas Toy Drive. Giant tent out in the parking lot. We've got all sorts of stuff going on. You singers, hot dogs. We've got the s'mores. And the purpose, of course, is to ask you to be stop by to donate toys, and then ultimately, at the end of our, our various several-week promotion, we make sure the toys get distributed to kids in need. I am joined right now by, okay, one of the many architects of Kids to Kids Christmas, uh, Sarah from Capco. Hi, Sarah.
5: Hi. How are you, Jeff?
1: Very well, thank you. Now, remind me, how many years have, have we been doing this?
5: We've been doing this. This is our 14th year.
1: 14 <laughs> so years. Up with the toy drive. Outstanding. And how many toys did we collect last year? Ballpark?
5: A ballpark? It, 26,472
1: Okay, ballpark. <laughs> ballpark. You know exactly how many. By the way, you know, we were here at the dealership, and you have your own little cheering gallery here. There's, we've got a whole audience that's lined up in it front there.
5: takes an army to do this. It well, does.
1: Well, absolutely. For people who might not be familiar with this, would, would you explain the, the process and how this works? We collect the toys at various locations, and then what happens?
5: Sure. Um, well, the mission of Kids to Kids Toy Drive has always been teaching children the spirit of giving. And kids to kids... So so at this point during the toy drive we have buckets bins collection sites all throughout southeastern wisconsin schools businesses remotes like this here today at, at Heiser and west bend and those toys are collected for about five weeks throughout southeastern wisconsin and then they come to capco we pick them up on the salvation army and the capco sleighs, as we call them over a period of two days bring them back to capco they are all on display
1: it's an amazing thing that that final event you do is just incredible
5: yeah that december 14th this year put okay. that on your calendar um but we bring them all back there and display them in such a way that it looks like a fao schwartz or you know macy's department store santa's workshop right right there in grafton and those toys are there and miraculously at two o'clock Everybody goes home, had a great time, and then we have hundreds, literally hundreds of volunteers that come in with wish lists from kids throughout southeastern Wisconsin. Over 30 agencies, primarily the Salvation Army, but even um, the right here in West Bend, the Boys and Girls Club, Big Brothers, Big Sisters, down in Milwaukee, Guest House, La Costa Nursery, many places that have sent us wish lists of kids, the volunteers pick those wish lists, bag them, tag them. The agencies are there, or we arrange transportation. They go to them. The rest of the toys are distributed in Ozaukee County, and then the rest go on semis, literally semis, down to the Salvation Army in Milwaukee, where last year, I believe they told us it was over 14,000 kids got toys, and we were one of the biggest providers of those toys. So it's a five-week process, but again, the heart of it, kids Two kids teaching the spirit of giving and leaving no child behind in the holidays.
1: And what the Salvation Army does is they set up like like a giant toy store, right? And people come in and you get vouchers for you know different things, and you can go. You essentially people can go shopping for their children with these vouchers they've given them.
5: They can. And um, we found out this year we didn't know this before. They each get two to three toys that they go through and shop for down there. But um, we found out that their goal is to also provide one book and one stuffed animal. And uh, you know, not knowing that before, we we have a partnership with Pets. In Grafton, all these cute um, unicorns, dogs, and cats and were like, "Oh, that's a lot, a lot of stuffed animals." But now our mission is to make sure that we get as many of those as possible to help them fulfill that goal of giving every child the stuffed animal, and then also working towards more books. It's a nice piece of this. Um, I know coming out here today to, to give a toy. If you forgot the toy, you can give online, and what happens is our elves, so to speak, whether it's Capco employees or high school students, go out shop with that money and can fulfill. The the, the needs that we still are short on.
1: Right. So that's why I always tell people, you know, for example, we're out here today, and if people are listening to us, but, you know, for whatever reasons, they don't want to stop off and buy the toys, you can swing by here. We'll take checks, right?
5: Uh, we'll take checks. We'll take cash. Well, yeah. And, and again, online, kids dot com. There's a take action button on there. You hit donate, and you can donate in any amount on there as well. There's really no reason not to give.
1: <laughs> right. We try to make it easy. I also think, and you touched on this when we first started our conversation. Conversation. The, 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 the initial concept of this, now obviously we, we want to get as many toys as we possibly can, but it is the idea of trying to teach kids um, the, the value of giving um, so to maybe make you know, some child who's not quite as fortunate make their holiday season a little bit brighter
5: right and and for all these kids know um yesterday i was at Donjas bay elementary in mequon talking to their student council for all these kids know it might be the student sitting next to them at at school that um maybe their parents have fallen on a hard time or you know unemployed or a sickness or a death in the family and mom and dad are never going to let that child know that there's a hard time but yet their peers around them when they embody the spirit of giving and not just at christmas but really our goal is to teach them this year round that you always look out for a kind opportunity to to pay it forward to give back and that's the ultimate goal of of kids to kids toy drive
1: you know, I, I think, you know, one of the amazing things is, is with Capco being behind this. I mean, how can, can you even estimate how many hours or how many weeks in advance of this that goes into pulling something like this off?
5: I really try not to think about <laughs> that, but um, really, when I say hundreds of volunteers, I mean, you're just looking at a few here today who have made this possible. Um, there are the volunteers who, who set up events like this. There are the volunteers that help us shop. There are the volunteers that show up on December 14th to register the toys, those that do the pick list, but then you you get into the businesses. Like for example, here today, Heiser, ACI here in West Bend, um, VMP. They have another remote coming up down in West Alice. Or
1: two weeks from today. Two yeah.
5: weeks from today, you guys will be back there. We have 32 Tri City banks. We have 27 Culver's locations that collect on a daily basis. All of the schools, all of the businesses, totaling well over 200 that's thousands of people and and capco really as we reach out to affect the lives last year we have a formula for this and um we calculated it between the people that volunteer and the people that we give to it was over 60,000 people so those are the volunteers the recipients and and those that help us make it happen so
1: you know the growth has been amazing because as somebody who's our station's been of course involved with this pretty much since the beginning Mm -hmm. i i can remember when okay can we hit 10,000 toys you know because then let's have a zero number. Can you hit 10,000? Can you hit 15,000? Can you hit 20,000? And this project really has grown year after year.
5: It has, and I, you know, when I go back to Capcom, I sit at our meetings internally, or I talk to the folks here at ACI, and they're, what's your goal this year? Set out 30,000. What? <laughs> but it's possible. Last year we hit 26,400. 26, th- we grow more. People open their hearts more. But the part you need to remember is the need is always greater. So while we say we want to collect more, there are still people that we are maybe not finding that need the toys. So they're not going unused. They don't sit in the closet and wait to you know to get it started again next year. And it's always fulfilling the need and and engaging those kids so that they are constantly learning that joy of giving.
1: My wife said to me just two nights ago when I was talking about coming out here to do this remote, uh, she said, well, we're, we're, we're going to the Capco event because she's been a regular there for years and years, as have I. So let's talk about, I mean, we've got a long way to go between now and, but it's Saturday, December 14th mm-hmm. at the Capco location in Grafton. What happens that day?
5: Uh, it, again, like you said it before, it's really Santa. It's, the, it's like the North Pole. And when you walk up to Capco, the first thing you see is you see the live reindeer. You see the ice car. Um, I'm looking out here in the parking lot. West Bend has their aerial fire truck out here right now. Grafton brings theirs for that. Uh, one of the neat parts... At well, that Hatt- is cool. The aerial yeah, fire like it just pulled up. It just it, pulled up. It, I, think it, I think there was a fire
1: earlier There was actually out there, and yep. then it came here. Oh, yeah, so they're, very cool. They're All on right, display yeah.
5: here. But that happens there. Um, one of the neat things at between 10 and 10.15 10 on Saturday, December 14th, is the entire Ozaukee County first responders, sheriffs, uh, police, fire, rescue squads, do a caravan from the uh, town of Cedarburg and they bring in literally you know, 1,500, 2,000 toys themselves and they they drive their trucks in so you see these coming down Cheyenne Avenue and then they walk them in to Capco it's really, um, it's it's a very moving moment and then uh, Jim Kaczmarek our owner does a, a presentation recognizing each department that's there, thanking them um, and then we move on, we have live choirs from all over Ozaukee and northern Milwaukee County that perform on the stage throughout the day uh, going inside is where you see all those toys on display, but also awesome warm chocolate chip cookies that um, are passed out through the kids. One year we actually had a Star Wars stormtrooper in there passing out the cookies. We have arts and crafts projects. Uh, the face painter that is here today is going to be up there by us again and um, putting signature little marks on everybody's face. But it really, when you you get down to it, our partners, um, Salvation Army, the people that pull all this together and and have that feeling of you're giving back. You're truly giving back and experiencing all of these pieces. Three thousand people come together there. But they're all there for one reason and when you when you drive that home and everybody walks away and we turn the lights out at about nine o'clock at night and send the truck down to the Salvation Army you go okay well what can we do better next year Mm -hmm. and and here that's why we're here at ACI what can we do better next year and you know when we talked to them they went you want to do what (laughs) yeah we need your help and we came to Heiser, and you know Brian's here today thank you Brian helped us out and and Samantha and marketing they did a great job helping us get this up Matt and his group and Shirley with ACI got the going today it's a constant growth but the need is constant and we'll always be there as as capco and as kids to kids toy drive to support that along with you guys at wtmj radio well
1: sarah we want to thank you for all your efforts it's always been a pleasure again i was trying to think of how many years we've been doing this but 14 sounds just about right this is of course now all these locations are now accepting toys and all right yep. we, we're rolling fully, okay fully active yep okay so the goal Twenty-six thousand last year. You think you can get thirty uh, thousand?
5: With all of your help, absolutely. Go to that website. Find out where you can, you know, drop them off on a daily basis or make that donation online. It, it doesn't hurt to give. Feels good.
1: That's it. That's the challenge. Okay, back with lots more in just a couple minutes. Again, we are out at the Heiser Chevrolet Cadillac in West Bend on Highway 33. The fire truck is now here. We've got, I don't know, I was just looking, the snowmen are here. There's you singers, hot dogs, all sorts of great stuff. Stop by, drop off a toy. We want to see you. This is Jeff Wagner.